Hello, Patriots! Welcome back to Living with Liberty, your source for common sense and truth. Bringing you insight from outside the mainstream, I am your host, Ryan. Today we talk about another voting block the Dems appear to be losing, the FDA wanting to regulate yet another part of our lives, and California not addressing the fentanyl crisis. Next, on Living with Liberty. seem to be losing another key component of their coalition that helps keep them in office. Younger voters weren't as enthusiastic in the midterms about voting Democrat as they historically have been. Could it be that younger voters have realized they've repeatedly been promised things by Democrats like, oh, I don't know, student loan forgiveness that never come to fruition because it's either unconstitutional or unsustainable from a fiscal standpoint? Not that the fiscal standpoint is standing in anybody's way, Republican or Democrat these days, from printing money and spending it, money we don't have, but that's another story for another day. Now, this could be the case. However, if you start waving the words free and loan forgiveness around, people lose all sense of logic and get an unbridled sense of optimism that takes hold that someone is going to bail me out of this crappy situation I put myself in by getting that underwater basket weaving degree for $150,000. People are so bad at tracing back to the root cause of things or just the root of things for that matter that they don't even realize that what they are getting from the government that they put free on, that they label as free, has already been paid for by them through the robbery of the U.S. government. Looking through the lens of optimism, it could be said that younger voters are realizing that progressivism, as it stands today, as it's defined by the the modern Democrat Party, is actually regressivism. We've been taking steps back. If I don't care. Slice it and dice it anyway. The left, you can put any spin on it you want. We are regressing as a society. We've gone back to, uh, honestly, we're just short of separate water fountains and and uh, lunch counters. Uh, we're, we're just short of that. I mean, you look at these college campuses, they have the study room for people of color and the study room for whites. So the, the segregation's already happening in that manner. It just hasn't permeated through the rest of society yet. We continue down the path we are, that's where it'll end up. We're, we're on that track. If we allow this crap to continue that's been going on with just the, the continued division or attempted division, whatever you want to call it, of our society. Progressivism today is actually regressivism. We are stepping back. So maybe our young people are realizing that. Maybe they're waking up and saying, ah, you know what? This actually isn't good. This isn't what I signed up for. Young people tend to be more progressive. Going back to, to, to kind of the, the segregated society, that, mm, that doesn't seem too progressive to me. And maybe because of that, they're making a different choice when it comes to who they are voting for. Maybe they're just not voting at all. Maybe it's, uh, I don't want any part of that. They may be waking up to the fact that the crappy policies of the Democrats is what has caused massive inflation. I'm, you know, I'm going to be fair here to 
the big spending Republicans under Trump with the whole COVID bill, multiple COVID bills, the money they've continued to send over to Ukraine, Lindsey Graham, we don't have, right? And any other warmongering Republican out there. Maybe they're seeing that. Maybe they're seeing the crappy policies, and I'll say mainly on the Democrats. They're, they're the wokeitarians here. That's what's caused massive inflation. That's what's caused the regression in our society. And they're taking note. And young people are the ones who get bit the most by inflation. It takes a bigger chunk of their paycheck, especially those coming right out of college, right? Because they don't have the the starting salary of someone that's been working for 20 years, right? They don't just give you a, a salary coming out of college that, you know, is, is worth 20 years of experience. You start at the bottom. You start at an entry-level position. And when you have massive inflation like we've had, it takes a huge bunch bite out of their, out of their check. And they can't do the things they want to do. They can't buy the things they want to buy. They can't have those nights out with friends at the bar. They can't go and maybe buy the, 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 the top brands of whatever that they want, the organic fruit, whatever, because it's so inflated. I mean, I was at the store yesterday. Eggs are four bucks. I'm like, that's ridiculous. And they were four bucks at Aldi. I passed a road a roadside stand of eggs that was like three fifty. I might as well just buy them from the local farmer at this point because they're cheaper. It's ridiculous, and that's what's taking a huge bite out of young people's checks. And maybe that's what's got them waking up. Maybe they're saying, "Ooh, these policies aren't too good for my bottom line." Maybe he's starting to think about these things and how we need a little bit more balance than just the social justice causes all the time. And, and the the constant emotional uh, roller coaster and emotional response to everything. Maybe we got to think a little bit about things and, and how it's affecting me as a person and my ability to help the whole. I mean, that, that's where it starts, right? Go back to the airline example. You've got to help yourself. What do they tell you when you're flying? Put your, if, if the oxygen mass, put yours on first and then you can help somebody out. Because if you don't take care of yourself first and have yourself in a good position, you're not going to be able to help anyone. You're going to be in, in you know, no good to anybody. You can't help someone put their oxygen mask on if you're passed out, right? I mean, maybe that's what they're looking at now saying, ooh, if I'm not in a good fiscal position, if I don't have good job prospects, how can I help society at large? How can I help those less fortunate than me if I, if I don't have myself taken care of and in a good position to do so. So maybe they're looking at things like that. And inflation takes a big part of that discretionary income. Now, it could be that they are seeing the destruction identity politics has had on society, and they're deciding that, like I said before, it's not very uh, a very progressive viewpoint, and they're abandoning the, abandoning the Democrat Party over it. Now, Michael McDonald, a political science professor at the University of Florida, also had this to say about this shift that we're seeing from uh, the young people in terms of leaving the Democrat Party and swinging maybe to vote uh, independent or Republican. He said this, youngest people also have the weakest partisan attachments, so they can be more susceptible to partisan swings nationally. There's no reason why Republicans can't rebound among younger people. Yeah, young people are fickle. I remember that. I was young once. Their brains are still developing. They're still still developing their opinions and outlooks on life. They don't know what they don't know yet. They haven't experienced life. 
young people only know what they're told, right? And if you got the Democrat Party telling them how awful America is and how racist it is and that we, you know, have these uh, subsets of society that are just oppressed, that people just believe it. I mean, there's old people that believe it too. Don't get me wrong. But young people are the most impressionable. They still don't know what they don't know. They haven't experienced life. They haven't had it slap them in the face yet. So they just kind of go along with it. They're still developing those, those opinions. So you're still impressionable. And, and politicians take advantage of that in the young people. You know, there's a reason, and I talked about this a while ago, uh, about the Democrats wanting to lower the voting age to 16. They want to, to do that. You know why? Because they know that the logic centers in the brains of young people aren't developed yet and are easily swayed by emotional arguments and propaganda. That's why they wanted to do something so stupid as to lower the voting age to 16. Because they know they're, they keep losing people. As people start looking at things from a logic and an objective standpoint, the Democrats know that what they're saying, what they're spouting doesn't make sense. And they're losing people because of it. They, that's why. That's why let's lower the voting age to 16, because we can get a whole new crop of young, impressionable voters who don't think about things outside of let me put an emotional argument in front of them and make them mad. That, that's, that's the logic there that they're, you know, with that, that proposal they had way back when. The way the Democrats have held on to this block of voters over the course of time is the empty promises and uh, of free stuff and taking advantage of the, their, uh, the young voters' nat, uh, nat, natural inclination to be more progressive or want to appear to be more progressive to, to make society better, which I think is admirable. I mean, who doesn't want progress, right? Who doesn't, doesn't want to be better than yesterday? I mean, as conservatives, we want to, con, you know, conserve. It's right there in the word, right? those core values and principles of our Constitution, but we also realize the, uh, the need to progress as a society and, and evolve as a society. We have to get better. And, and that's the message that conservatives need to put out there. We need to be better. Do I want things to be like uh, Abraham Lincoln's Republican Party? No. I mean, we've changed so much. There's so much that changes we need to change with it, but we also have to conserve those core principles. And that's the balance that needs to take place. And we need to get that message out. The way the Democrats have, have positioned themselves is they are the progressive party. Well, that progression has come at the destruction of our society. And I think these young people are waking up to that. They keep throwing out free stuff that never materializes. These young people see all the free stuff that the illegal immigrants are getting, but yet our citizens here in the United States go hungry, our veterans go unsheltered, we have drug addicts all over the street that aren't being helped. They, they see this. They say, okay, we got all these promises. We've got all these problems still. And, oh, by the way, if we've got enough money to send to Ukraine every two weeks for their war because we hate Russia and we need to have that distraction, why aren't we using that money to help our own here at home, to help those in need at home, to take up the real social causes we need to take up? I think they're seeing that. And I think they're waking up, and I think they're seeing that the Democrats are not what they said they are. Now, here's the thing. I, I think we do have some optimism. I haven't necessarily been super optimistic lately, uh, just 
seeing everything that goes on. It's the natural swings. I think generally, you know, I'm a very optimistic person. And you know what? I, I am, you know, looking long-term, I am. Because we've been here before. We'll get out of it. That's what we do as America. It just, it's going to take time. And that's a frustrating part. And sometimes that saps your optimism. Anyway, conservatives, I think, are slowly taking that mantle, being the progressive party. I, like I said, these young people are waking up. I think they see that, hey, empty promises, that's not good. We don't like that. You told me you were going to cancel some of my student loan debt. That never came through. It's, un, it's unconstitutional. There's no way. That, that's, that's a power of the person by Congress and no way that gets through Congress, especially now with Republicans taking the House. So because of this, because I think conservatives, and I say conservatives, you got a, a bunch of just swamp Republicans out there who are basically Democrats. I not them. It's, you know, they they might go 50-50 on some of this stuff, but whatever. They they're at the end of the day, they're really Democrats. Uh, Republicans need to have this message, though. They need to have a message that resonates with young people that is that 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 shows the progressive side of conservatism. Sh- that shows that, hey, actually, as conservatives, we've been the ones that have been progressive throughout history. You think back to Teddy. Roosevelt and the progressive Republicans, right? He started all the, the, the national parks, things like that. You go to, to Nixon. It took up to Nixon to say, oh, um, yeah, the, we should have the Social Security uh, increases pegged to inflation. Democrats are trying to, I, I saw a TikTok video where some, some lunatic on the left tried to make the point that Democrats are the ones that raised the Social Security. No, that was an automatic thing in the law that said, oh, we've got to raise it based on inflation. And that goes back to, oh, Nixon, he was a Republican. Republicans need to have that message with young people. They need to have a message that says we are, on the conservative side, we are the ones who are progressive. We are the ones that stand with you. We understand your plight as a citizen and voter in this country. They need to have it because these young people have been burned constantly by the empty promises of the Democrat Party. Again, I'm not saying Republicans don't have empty promises. They certainly do. But you look at what Democrats have promised and what it's done in terms of keeping them in office and what's actually come to fruition, it it, it doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. And Republicans need to take advantage of that. Republicans can capture this block of voters. They can. I've seen a lot of enthusiasm from young voters uh, towards the, the mantle of conservatism. They need to work at it, though. They need to to not do what they do in the large cities and just forget about the black and Hispanic vote and not forget, oh, well, the Democrats got that wrapped up. We're going to focus on, you know, our old voters and whatever. They need to work at it. They need to see what's actually going on within the lives of young people, and then they need to work and craft a message that gets them their vote. It, it takes a little work, yeah, but it can be done. They need to meet these voters where they are at and speak to them on their level. They need to be out. Republicans need to be out on college campuses. Yeah, you're going to take a lot of flack because you got these lunatic professors there indoctrinating the students. But they still need to make that make their their way to those college campuses and hit those young people with the message over and over. And do what Charlie Kirk does and go and make them look foolish on video. And that gives you even more of, of, uh, of a way to spread your message. Because 
you look at it and you start to think about it in a logical way and you say, oh, yeah, that sounds really stupid. They need to have a message, Republicans do, that addresses young people's concerns about the direction of our country and how much debt load that they are going to rack up that these future generations are going to have to pay off through their work. The young people today, they're more savvy than past generations of young people. They have access to more information than we have ever had at any point in our history, and, they're having, and they have access to it at a younger and younger age. I mean, you've got two-year-olds that cannot you know, use smartphones and whatever else. So they know how to get to the answer. They know how to get information. So the lies and empty promises, yeah, it'll work on some still. There's always those people out there. But by and large, it, it's not going to work too well going forward. If, if you have more and more people waking up and saying, mm, that doesn't pass the smell test, let me check that out quick I'm, you know, on my internet-connected phone here from anywhere. The Republicans need to have a vision for this country. That, that goes back to the part two of young people being more savvy these days, too. The Republicans need to have a vision for this country. They need to articulate the direction that they want this country to go in, that they see it going in, that, that says this is what we need to do to be a great country again and to secure your future, young voter, because that's what the young voter is demanding in exchange for their vote. Outline what's that vision for the country? And does it include a place for me? That's what they want. They want to be able to envision their future. And that requires a succinct and well-communicated plan that clearly lays out where the younger voter fits in in terms of the policies to be put in place. And not only that, that fits in in terms of the policies put in place for the things they care about in terms of, you know, social activism, right? Taking care of people. That, that's, what it want. that's what they want. And it's not a bad thing. And it means that, oh, Republicans, you got to detach yourselves from corporate America to do that because young people still vote, view corporate America as the devil. It, it just, it's the way it is. They're a necessary evil. Yeah, they work in them, but they, you've seen how they've co-opted some of these corporations and the big ones at that, that have a lot of sway. The, the battle over, over uh, censorship on the tech platforms being the biggest one here. There is a shift happening. It's duration and whether it continues to happen is totally up to the Republicans and whether they want to put in the work or not to go after these important voting blocks like the young voters or not. That's what it's going to boil down. That's how future elections are going to be won and conservatism is going to be carried forward. It's not going to be carried forward by 80-year-old Mildred right down at the nursing home. It's going to be carried forward by those 20-year-olds on the college campuses and those 25-year-olds that are just starting their, you know, in their career. That's who it's going to be carried forward by. Yes, Mildred's important. She's an important voter. The older we get, the more locked in we get into our positions. Do you have to worry about Mildred too much? No. Who do you have to go after? It's those young voters. And if we're, if we're going to move conservatism forward, Republicans are going to have to put in the work going after those young voters. If you are listening to the audio-only show and your platform allows for reviews, please give us a five-star rating. It helps others find the show. Whether you are listening to the audio version or are viewing on Rumble or YouTube, hit the Rumble or Thumbs Up button. The more interactions we have, the more the show gets into the recommendations made by the algorithms, and the more we are able to spread the truth. All right, moving on. 
Apparently, the FDA wants to force LASIK providers to give patients the warnings of the potential risks associated with the procedure. Now, this is a procedure that's been around for over 25 years and hasn't resulted in things like myocarditis and blood clots. Very safe procedure. Been done for over 25 years now. Now, this is the same FDA that peddles an experimental injection as safe and wants you to take it without question. And they want to force LASIK providers to inform patients of potential risks with the procedure. They won't even give you the potential risks with the experiment here. They won't even do that. They try and hide it. But yet they want to say, oh, well, um, you know, Mr. Miss LASIK doctor, we want to make you give out all the potential risks and warnings associated with LASIK. And we truly live in a clown world. Now, according to an Epic Times piece, I'll link it in the description box, the FDA, in its latest draft policy proposal, said that people considering LASIK need to be better informed about the surgery's potential side effects, including dry eyes, persistent eye pain, double vision, seeing glares or halos, imbalance between the two eyes, and other issues. Specifically, the FDA recommends that LASIK manufacturers provide a copy of a detailed patient decision checklist to, physici to physicians and patients so that they have all the information needed to make an informed decision. Besides potential side effects, the checklist would also include a list of health conditions that may put patients at greater risk if they choose to have LASIK, including controlled and uncontrolled diabetes, dry eyes, eye inflammation, or autoimmune tissue disease. Now, isn't that just the cat's ass? They don't want you informed about an experimental liquid. They want you to jam in your body unquestioned. Don't question us. We're the government. We know what's best for you. But they want you informed about the potential for dry eyes from a LASIK procedure. They want you to be informed that, oh, you could get diabetes from this. That's the first I've ever heard of a side effect from LASIK, honestly. Diabetes, I, you know, I knew about the dry eyes, inflammation. I've looked at the pamphlets at my, you know, at my eye doctor. So, I, you know, you know these things. You know you could have halos. I mean, they, they lay that out in these pamphlets that they give you if you're considering LASIK. So FDA is like, nah, you know what? Blood clots, eh, you know what? Take, take this anyway. Oh, dry eyes, yeah, we got to warn you about that. I mean, these people are just ridiculous. We live in just an idiocracy, honestly. You know, I often wonder if people at the FDA are embarrassed that they have to come up with this crap. I know the answer to that. They're not. Otherwise, we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't hear about it if they were embarrassed about this stupidity. I mean, honestly, they should be embarrassed about this. We can't even get decent information out of our government about an experimental uh, liquid here. But, you know, we're, we're, they're plastering this out there as, as uh, you know, LASIK, something that's been around 25 years, very safe. Nobody's ever died from it. And they want to warn you about dry eyes. They want to make sure you're warned, you're warned about dry eyes. I mean, that's embarrassing. How embarrassing. You go to any optometrist office or, or, or a surgery center, LASIK surgery center, and they have the pamphlets there that they give you that already outline the procedure and what some of the potential side effects are. They already do that. Yeah, you could end up, you could have halos at night. You could have dry eyes, blah, blah, blah. Do some of these go wrong? Absolutely. There's a risk to everything, right? But the uh, people look at this and they say the, the risk uh, or the benefit far outweighs the risk of this. I'm going to do it. 
and for by and large, the vast majority of people experience no no uh, side effects at all from the procedure. So this is just, um, you know what this is? It's just bureaucracy run amok. That's what this is. They, they're so bored at the FDA. It's like, okay, uh, what can we come up with? Oh, um, yeah, we can't, we can't do anything with uh, Pfizer's little uh, experimental cocktail here. Oh, oh, LASIK, let's do something about that. that you, you know there's people sitting around thinking about that at the FDA. Hmm, what can we do? Uh, yeah, LASIK, sounds good. Let's go after that. Those pamphlets aren't good enough. We, we don't have control over those, so yeah, let's do it. It's nothing more than someone or some group at the FDA justifying their job. It's the FDA justifying its existence. This this is being put out there. You know why they're going after LASIK providers? Because LASIK providers don't shell out money to the FDA and the CDC like pharma does. That's what this is about. If if LASIK providers were were throwing a bunch of money at their preferred political candidates or were throwing a bunch of money into the FDA and CDC, this would wouldn't even be a story. It wouldn't it wouldn't this wouldn't be a story. Because it's all about eh, who's towing the government line, who's working with us to, to, to control the population, to, to continue to further implement the administrative state. LASIK providers obviously aren't because FDA is going after them saying we want to regulate the warnings and, and risk factors you're giving out to people. Now, like I mentioned before, unlike the experimental liquid, the FDA wants you to stick in your body unquestioned. And sooner rather than later, LASIK hasn't killed anyone. Now, yeah, you, if you want to go and, 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 you know, do some diagram where you're tying back a suicide to, to a LASIK surgery because someone couldn't take anymore because LASIK screwed up their vision, made them blind or whatever, those stories are out there. I'll acknowledge them right now. They're out there. But you can't, that, that wasn't a direct result of the LASIK procedure itself. That's a direct result of someone going into a, ending up in a mental state that wasn't healthy because they had a surgery that went wrong. You could probably find that for any other surgery out there too, where they, the, the risk, you know, they, they did their risk reward analysis. They decided the reward was greater than the risk and something went wrong. It happens. World's not perfect. Those things happen. You know, it's one of those. And then it puts somebody that they might've been on the edge already too. Who knows? And the LASIK thing and them getting blind just pushed them over. But but, you know, back to the point is LASIK, the LASIK procedure itself has not killed anyone, has not been direct, uh, directly linked to killing anyone. Nobody's died because they had a, a laser shot in their eyes. All right. And on top of that, <laughs> it's well tested. We can't say that about uh, about Pfizer's little uh, product here. So why the push to require the warnings on the surgery, why the push to say we want all this listed in the pamphlets now? It's because they want to control one more piece of your life. They want to control one more piece of society. That's why, like I said, boils down to money. The FDA and CDC aren't getting money from the LASIK providers. They don't have to. There's, they don't have to, you know, the LASIK providers are like, eh, we're not, you know, changing anything we're not shelling out a bunch of money for political candidates and lobbyists and whatever else either. So, you know, maybe it's viewed as a, the wild West, a little bit of, uh, of kind of the FDA's realm, I guess you could say, I don't know, but 
they just want to control society. The, the administrative state, the bureaucracy wants to control society. They have so much, they, they've been given so much power, it's ridiculous. I didn't elect the people at the FDA to put in place rules and regulations. I elected my uh, my legislators in, in the House and my senators in, in the Senate. I didn't elect, you know, Joe Smith, FDA director, to make decisions on my behalf. The, the, the fact is that our legislators have punted some of these responsibilities, given these, these agencies more authority than they actually should have. And I get it, they're experts, but they sh- it should be advisory and it should be bought, brought to our legislators any rule they want to put in place, period. And if our legislators vote on it and think it's a good idea, fine. But that's how it should be done. It, it shouldn't be a blind bureaucratic institution that's making these rules for us. It boils down to the bureaucracy needing something else to control. They don't have uh, they don't have full control on the LASIK industry, so now we're going to, to do it by issuing a useless and unnecessary regulation that will do nothing but increase costs and get in people's heads about an other ex- otherwise extremely safe procedure. People, you know, like I said, the pamphlets give them the warnings. The pamphlets outline, hey, you'll get dries, halos, whatever. The, uh, the extra stuff the FDA wants to put in there is going to turn people off to it because now they're going to look at it. And even though the numbers are well, 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 very much in favor of success and no issues from a LASIK procedure, people are going to have second thoughts now once you start throwing some of this other stuff in there like uncontrolled diabetes and, and uh, autoimmune tissue damage. That's, I don't get it. That stuff is extremely rare. It's more rare than the blood clots we're seeing with the with the jabs here. So that, that's the whole point. It's just to control your life and make you scared and make you more uh, want to be more reliant on the government and run to the government and say, government, can can you take away this risk factor in my life? That's what this is about. Risk life isn't risk free. People, you wake up and realize that. There's a risk to everything you do. There's a risk when you get out of bed in the morning that you could fall over, smack your head in the wall, snap your neck, and die on the spot. That There's that risk, yet you still get out of bed every day. So th- that's what this is about. They want to have one more thing they can say, ooh, yeah, mm, I want to control that and make people th- think twice about getting the procedure. And then they can say, you know, they want people coming to the government saying, government, take this other risk factor away. That's what this is about. All right, finishing up today, I have an Epic Times piece here titled Fentanyl Overdose Antidote Required at California K-12 Schools Under a New Bill by Michaela Ricaforte. So instead of addressing the root cause of fentanyl overdoses and actually solving the problem, California thinks it's better to just have the antidote on, on hand at schools. Now, schools do have it, so um, I should probably rephrase that, I guess, and say California thinks it's better to require by law that schools have the antidote for fentanyl overdoses on hand. Now, Rika Forte writes this in her piece. She says this, After several cases of student overdoses due to the synthetic opioid fentanyl, California lawmakers introduced a bill requiring naloxone, a nasal spray that reverses an opioid overdose on K-12 campuses. While schools are permitted to carry naloxone on campuses, Assembly Bill 19, introduced December 5th by newly elected Assemblyman Joe Patterson, who is a Republican, by the way, in Rockland, 
would require schools to always have at least two doses of the spray. Now, here's this is the disappointing piece that you, that you we have a Republican here who's not recognizing the the fact of of the root cause of this opioid issue, the fentanyl issue. That that's the probably the most disappointing. I, I'm all for have it on hand, fine. You know what? But to to not address the actual problem. I mean, let's look at this. How about we solve the actual problem here instead of just putting a Band-Aid on it? How about Gavin Newsom and California legislators put pressure on the Biden administration to uphold their constitutional duty and secure the border? Which is where the vast majority of the fentanyl is coming into this country to begin with. Hell, how about taking up a resolution to take action as the state of California to secure their own border so the fentanyl isn't coming into their states? How about they do that? Requiring schools to carry the antidote is like putting a Band-Aid on a severed limb. Students look at the risk of war again, right? It's like, oh, well, okay, fentanyl, sure, I'll try at the school. If I OD at school, they've got, a, they've got the antidote on hand. It just, it just enables the behavior. And it doesn't address the root problem of fentanyl entering our country and specifically here the state of California. This is just another one of those feeble attempts by legislators to say, see, we're doing something about it. To be clear, I'm not against schools having the fentanyl antidote on hand, so save the Ryan wants kids to OD and die talk. I'm not. I, like I said, it's fine. Whatever. Let's address the root cause, though. Government needs to get to the root cause. That, that's the, the whole point here. There was no point in this story that said, uh, yeah, this bill was introduced to require schools to have uh, the fentanyl antidote on hand. Oh, and additionally, to have California close off the border or do something else in terms of mitigating the flow of fentanyl into the state. There wasn't any of that talk in this article. It was just about how the, this bill says you have to have the fentanyl over uh, fentanyl um, antidote on hand for kids at OD. The government needs to get to the root cause. They need to address the issue of how and why kids are getting their hands on fentanyl to begin with. We know where it's coming from. They need to address the, the issue of where it's getting into our country and who's sending it here. That's what they need to be doing. That's what we elect legislators and government officials to do, protect our sovereignty as a nation, to protect our well-being as a nation. That's what we put them in office to do, not come up with bills that say schools you have to carry the fentanyl over uh, the fentanyl antidote in the event of an overdose they are failing miserably at protecting the sovereignty of our nation and protecting the well-being of us as a people they're failing miserably at it and instead of owning up to the fact that our border is an absolute sieve where drugs continue to pour in and harm our citizens they double down and act like the border is secure and and pass dumb bills like this one, where it doesn't address the issue at all. Our country continues to slide further and further into a sadder and sadder state of affairs. And bills like this do little to inspire confidence that we have the elected officials in office now that are going to be able to, to solve the problems and actually get anything done for the voters they represent. Again, their, their accountability is to us. They work for us. We put them in position to look at our, our sovereignty as a state on the state issues and our sovereignty as a, na a nation on federal issues. 
and they're not doing either. They're just saying here, okay, well, this is a problem. Let me pass a bill that puts attempts to put a Band-Aid on it. I mean, come on. We need better people in office. Like I said before, I'm optimistic. We'll get, we'll get out of this, but we need to be aware of these issues that aren't being root-caused and solved. The root cause is an open border where drugs just flow freely into our country. What's the solve? Hey, let's the federal government won't take action. Well, we better take action as a state to protect the, our citizens and our sovereignty as a state. There's none of that. Eventually, we, I'd like to get to, to think that we'll get there. But, you know, sometimes I see stuff like this and it makes me wonder. Again, I overall, long-term, you know, we keep fighting. We're going to get there. We're going to get our country back to being the greatest country on this planet. It's going to take a lot of work, and we have to be aware of these issues, and we have to tackle these issues. Because these are the issues, uh, these little ones that seem small, but they, they're just the, the ones that just chip away at the fabric of our nation. Just keeps taking little bites. And you don't eat the elephant all in one bite, right? It's little bites over long periods of time. We have to stop those little bites from being taken. We have to reverse course. We have to figure out the root cause of what these issues are, the big issues, and these little ones, too, that are seemingly, I'd say this is, you know, it might seem little to, to some people. I think this is a big issue, right? you you got to stop the consumption of that elephant, right, and reverse it. That, that's the only way this works here, and that's the only way we save our country. All right, before I go, don't forget to tune in live to Rucksack Radio on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central for Laughs and Liberty with Tom and me. You can catch us on Riverside FM, Rumble, YouTube, or Twitch. We have the chats going across uh, all the platforms. We love to engage with you in, in those chats. We get a lot of good comments and questions in there during the show. Keep sending those in. We love them. Uh, next Tuesday, uh, the 20th, uh, we'll have a shorter Laughs and Liberty. And then we'll have our first Rucksack, uh, rucksack Roundtable with Tom, myself, Brian Wicks and Gadsden. You know Brian and Gadsden from Parlor. We're looking forward to that. We've got some great topics lined up. Join us Tuesday, 7 p.m. Uh, Central for Laughs and Liberty for about 45 minutes. And then at 8 o'clock, we'll start the roundtable. All right, before signing off for the day, this is the last show for 2022. I am taking the rest of the year off for the holidays just to give myself a break Enjoy the holiday season. I'm deeply grateful for all of you out there listening to the show weekly, sharing it with friends, family, neighbors, just helping us spread the truth. I really, I truly appreciate uh, the feedback you all give me on the show, how you enjoy it, you know, some of the banter back and forth on points you don't agree with me on, and that's okay. I love it that we don't agree sometimes, too. It just means we have healthy dialogue, and we're looking for the best solutions, so I love it. I'll be back in the new year with new content. I want you all to have a Merry Christmas and a safe and happy new year. Friends, that's my show for today. Thank you for tuning in. Please check out my website, livingwithlibertypodcast.com. There you'll find links to my past shows, my original articles, as well as other resources to help arm you with knowledge in fighting off the prevailing narratives of the day. While on my website, shop my store, Living with Liberty Outfitters. Lastly, I'd be so grateful if you shared, subscribed, and left a positive review of the show, should your lessening platform allow. Subscribing helps us move up the charts and helps more people find the truth. (laughs) 